0: Outdoor dining sucks. Outdoor (laughs) dining is lovely when you're in Vegas and it's the two weeks of nice weather a year that we have. And you think, oh, I just want to sit under an umbrella, turn on the misters, and I'm going to enjoy this drink like a cool gin and tonic. You know when outdoor dining isn't fun? When it's 40 degrees outside and the heater is faced far away from you and you're just shivering thinking this meal would be good if i didn't have to shovel it into my mouth so i could get out of this restaurant i was so (laughs) done on behalf of flirting with travel it's our pleasure to welcome you on board take a moment to grab your beverage and prepare for travel tips tricks and stories by sisters who love to travel the globe please be seated our flight's ready for takeoff Hey lovelies, welcome to Flirting with Travel. I'm Lexi. I'm Misty. And today we're talking about weekend getaways to Carmel, California and Temecula, California.
1: Yes, I've not had a getaway. I was trying to, I thought about doing a getaway here. Let me preface this. I'm still in Kuwait. We're still under a draconian lockdown as if COVID vaccinations have not rolled out and we should be better, but we're still just chilling here. You know, it's, I would love a vacation. I'm so tired. I'm ready to get the fuck out of here.
0: (laughs) You said a full draconian lockdown. Okay. Tell us how you really feel.
1: We're on a curfew right now. Curfew starts at 7 p.m. It lifts at 5 in the morning. And there are like whispers of a, a full lockdown coming like the 22nd. We'll see. Hopefully, inshallah not.
0: That's awful. But you know, what's crazy about it though, is that you have a way better opportunity for weekend getaways than I feel like we have here. The other day we were talking about something and you had said, Oh, going to Jordan or going to uh, Turkey. That's like a weekend getaway for me. Well, those are awesome weekend getaways. Cause those are full blown vacations for me.
1: But that's because like Kuwait is so small. You can go from like the North to the South in three hours. So it's a really, it's densely populated in the middle. And there's people who live on the outskirts, but the entire country is just super tiny. I mean, it takes longer to get from Atlanta to Savannah than it does for me to get from the middle of Kuwait to like the border of Iraq.
0: That's insane.
1: Okay, where is Caramel? Caramel, Caramel. I I fuck that name up all the time. I always want to say Caramel, but that's just how I pronounce it.
0: Well, so it actually is spelled car like C-A-R-M-E-L. So there's no extra A.
1: OK, so Carmel, is that central or is that South California?
0: I think it's closer to Northern California. It's probably like upper central or lower northern, whereas like Temecula is Southern California. I want to say it's down from San Diego, which means that the weather was totally different in both places. I wish I would have like reversed where how I went to them because Temecula was nice. It was high 70s. And I just went last weekend. So that's in like early April versus when I went to Carmel. I went in mid-March and it was cold. It was in the 50s and I was not having it.
1: Well, you know, Deami went to where she got Oregon, Portland, Oregon for her anniversary. And it was snowing where she was.
0: Who goes to a snowy place on vacation? I know the answer is a lot of people, but also why? Because people like I...
1: to, they like to ski, Lexi. I mean, it's funny that you say that because you don't even like you don't like hot areas because you don't like anything that flies, bugs. You don't like flies, gnats, mosquitoes. Like you don't like humidity. So what are you talking about?
0: I know I'm about five years away from figuring out that maybe I don't like travel because I don't want to be by the beach. (laughs) I don't want to be anywhere with mosquitoes, but then I don't want to be in snow. I just want to be in temperate weather. So I guess I will exist between like the fifties to eighties, which means you really have to start timing your vacations.
1: Basically, because you can't go anything anywhere south of the equator because of it's going to be summer, it's going to be hot. So you're going to always travel off peak
0: times. That makes sense. At least that's cheap. It is. Okay. I know we've talked about this before or have we, but when I went to Ireland, I went in December, it was cold, but I, (laughs) it it wasn't snowing, but I had like adequately dressed for it. And I had an amazing time. There were absolutely no bugs. Which was so, it was such a blessing. It did rain every day, but I liked the rain. I was out there in my boots. I didn't care. I brought like a little puffer jacket. I was actually a okay. So maybe I do like cold weather. I just don't need snow. Because the crazy thing is, they didn't even go like skiing in Oregon, did they?
1: I think I saw them snowboard or something or the snowmobile thing. They did something wintry.
0: Okay. If they did that, that would make sense. But otherwise, Who goes to a snowy destination to not do snow activities?
1: Those that are on an anniversary trip and they want to cuddle and canoodle in the cabin, Lexi.
0: Oh, can't relate to that.
1: All right. So you went (laughs) to Carmel for the weekend and that was a Carmel. Carmel. I have such a heart. Carmel. You went to Carmel for the weekend.
0: Yes, long, I went to Carmel for the weekend.
1: <laughs> Carmel for the weekend was how long of a flight for Vegas?
0: Like an hour and a half. It was a super quick flight and direct, obviously.
1: Did you fly on Allegiant?
0: I did. It was a nice experience. Go
1: Allegiant. Oh, that was your first non-rev experience in like in a year and some change, right?
0: Yeah. I. Oh, you're right. Because 2020, I didn't non-rev at all. I only no. took one trip and I had bought it confirmed because the tickets were so cheap. Plus, I didn't want to get stuck somewhere non-revving, like, please let me back in this country. So it actually was an easy flight. So the way to California, I think there were maybe like 40 open seats. The way back, there were like 60 open seats, which means that there's no no fear either way. You know, you're going to get on your flight.
1: Right. However, that was easy, but it was also 50 degrees. So people weren't trying to apply. Plus, this was early on in 2021.
0: Yes. So what contributed to it? Like, I bet if you did it now that California has opened up indoor dining, the flights are Mm going to be a lot more full. But at the time that I had gone and I'm saying 50 degrees, like it dropped down to the 40s at night, they had no indoor dining. And even the outdoor dining was limited capacity. Outdoor dining sucks. Outdoor (laughs) dining is lovely when you're in Vegas and it's the two weeks of nice weather a year that we have. And you think, oh, I just want to sit under an umbrella, turn on the misters, and I'm going to enjoy this drink like a cool gin and tonic. You know when outdoor dining isn't fun? When it's 40 degrees outside and the heater is faced far away from you and you're just shivering thinking this meal would be good if I didn't have to shovel it into my mouth so I could get out of this restaurant. I was so <laughs> done at <laughs> I had a certain point where I thought I'm not eating another meal in my room because I started getting food to go, like I'd get my desserts to go because I thought I'm not gonna sit out here any longer. So then I thought, why did you come out here and spend all this money to sit in a hotel room and eat good food? You could have done that in Vegas. That's true. I typically will tell, like, you, Dionbe mom, whenever I'm leaving out of town. However, to me, domestic trips don't really count because the stakes seem super low in my mind. I figured, oh, no, mom's going to be mad if I don't tell her. So I'm sitting on the plane getting ready to take off. I just send a quick text message. Hey, guys, I'm going to California for the weekend. And (laughs) mom shoots back with, does anyone even know where you're staying so I give her the hotel. I mean, she has
1: a point though. There's a whole Netflix special on this girl who basically ended up in a water tank on the roof of the hotel.
0: Did someone put her there or did she just like accidentally hop in?
1: I mean, I don't want to ruin the entire seven or eight slideshow, but she ended up in the water tank. That's just (gasps) the gist of it.
0: (laughs) All because she didn't tell her mother what hotel she was staying at. You're right. You're right.
1: (laughs) Well, they, (laughs) after uh, three days of not hearing from her, they like called the police, like, Imagine if we tried to call the police and we didn't know where you were safe.
0: Okay. Well, let me just tell you how far mom jumped ahead of it. I get in <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, I got to go rent a car. I'd never rented a car before. So I'm going through all of that. And it was a push to start, which my car right now is not a push to start. It took me like 30 minutes to figure out how to, uh, <laughs> how to get the car to properly turn on. It didn't even occur to me that I didn't send a message. Hey, I've landed safely. Well, Cause you're struggling I, with the car. <laughs> yes. And then with directions, because I never drive when I travel. That is actually one thing that I don't think people understand about me. I will walk everywhere I have to go. I'll try to find public transportation. I'll Uber. But I have never driven in another. Definitely never driven in another country. And I've barely ever driven in other states
1: how does Google Maps change for you? Like Google Maps walking versus Google Maps driving is the same.
0: It's totally different because if you're walking and you think, oh, I don't know if I'm going the right way, you just stop. You stop, you reorient yourself, (laughs) you look around you. If you're in a car on a highway, people are going behind you and you're thinking, man, they think I'm an idiot because I'm driving like (laughs) 30 miles under the speed limit because these turns are getting iffy. I don't get anyone who says, I'm just going to go for a drive to clear my head. (laughs) So I'm on these tiny streets. I pass by my hotel about four times because the directions on Apple Maps, and I'm going to call them out, are so bad. They took me to the entire wrong address. No, they're terrible. Apple Maps is awful. So I finally get to the hotel. I have to parallel park, which stresses me out because I never parallel park. And I'm thinking it's like a hotel in Vegas where you get all your stuff. You go check in. I'm bringing out my backpack. I go inside and they're like, oh, you're up and around the corner, basically where I'd been going around in circles earlier. And so after checking in, I'm holding two jackets with me in my backpack. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm annoyed. Starting to get hungry. And then finally, they tell me, you also have a, uh, a designated parking spot. I thought, oh, this hotel's fancy. They designate parking spots for everyone. Right. Just long story short, I was staying in a um, disability accessible room and I feel bad because I hope no one else needed that room because I was the only person in that entire hotel with a designated parking spot. Although I loved it. It was amazing. Just because the your parking is always gonna be right next to your door. Anyway, I get checked in and then I think well it's time to explore but I'm back in the hotel, ready to go to sleep by like 7 PM. And I wake up the next morning and I realize that mom had sent me a text at like seven thirty, just saying, Hey, just wanted to make sure you got back there safely. I was already asleep. I know it's 7 30 PM and you're on vacation. Why wouldn't you be up like beating those streets? But that's not how I roll. So <laughs> <laughs> Then an hour later, she said, well, I'm really getting worried please reach back out to me within 30 minutes. There was no ultimatum on it. Still sleep. Didn't hear my phone. The next day I call her once I realize that I have a bunch of missed texts and calls from mom. And she says, Oh, don't worry about it. I just called the hotel to make sure that you had checked in. Really? Like, what? Wait, the hotel told you I checked in? Yes. And I thought, what story did she have to tell them? for them to give her that information. And I realized she's probably over there saying my poor baby. I don't know if she's safe. And then <laughs> if they see me and they realize I'm 30 years old, I'm not like an 18 year old. <laughs> that's never left the state. You can be like, what? Yeah, oh, but what? You don't look,
1: Why? you don't look 30. Why? So in, in everybody's defense, at least you look like you're like 20.
0: That's the only saving grace because otherwise I was like, My mother had to call you guys and you just gave out all my personal info. I was like, what did you even make her verify before (laughs) you started saying yes? Right. She could be trying to
1: kill me. My safety is not important to you. I'm suing
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt for a second. I was like, yes, in this instance, it was all innocent, but it could have not been. So now I know anytime I go somewhere, I just need to message because mom was the same way when I was in Temecula, even though I wasn't solo. She's a worried parent. I get it. She was the
1: same way. <laughs> when you. She's the same way when you go anywhere. She just, I'm like, did you call her and let her know that you made it or just text her? Hey, I made it.
0: The entire point of that story was to explain that you're doing so much. You have so much going on in your mind when you're traveling that reaching out to the people back home isn't always the first thing you think of. Honestly, I'm just like, I'm trying to get to where I'm going. And then once I'm there, I'm trying to find food. So I was just in Struggle City. But back to the food situation, since that's what I was trying to find. That's what distracted me from calling my mother. So just so she knows, I was foraging for food. I was out fulfilling my ancestors' uh, hunter-gatherer. I was hungry.
1: I was hungry. I had been driving in circles. I had 17 layers on. I've never started a car with a button before. It took me 80 minutes to figure that shit out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: That's exactly how I feel. (laughs) That is exactly how I feel. (laughs) Mom is so (laughs) extra.
1: As I asked, when you were younger and traveling, did you check in with anybody? everything but no was what she said. Everything but no was the answer she wanted to give.
0: And the crazy thing is, is that now I check in because I live at home or I don't like live with mom, but I'm living at at home in Vegas, which means that I typically will tell her if I'm going out of town. But when I lived in Japan, I took trips all the time and I don't think I always kept you guys apprised of me being out of Tokyo. And so that's where in my mind I was like, you know, what's crazy is that I probably did far fewer updates when I was living in another country and traveling more extensively than I do when I'm here. And so in my mind, if I was safe then, why would I need to update now for something as like domestic as California? Although now I feel like she's going to listen to this and just be retroactively worried about what I was doing in my 20s. (laughs) it's not going to make it any better in her mind she's going to be like i can't believe you didn't tell me all those times basically
1: but we'll just say anyways. we're worried, we're retroactively worried about her in her 20s too what she was doing where she was at who she was with we're concerned i mean since we're going that far back a year I
0: mean, no need to be Okay, we were talking about this the other day. I feel like if you listen to some of my travel stories or if you listen to some of your travel stories or our family vacations, they always sound way crazier than they actually were. I'm not doing any high risk things. I'm in bed by 8 p.m. (laughs) what what trouble do you really think I'm getting into at like six o'clock in the morning when I'm popping awake ready to like go sightseeing (laughs) I have fun things that happen that make for good stories but by and large I'm a boring traveler no I'm not a boring traveler I'm a safe traveler though I mean do you really feel like you have a bunch of dangerous things that happen if you like you went to Jordan did anything crazy happen no,
1: I mean, it was a a normal trip. I'm not going to, first off, what you're not going to do is sick mom on me. I'm not going to take her worry by me telling some of the crazy stuff that happens. <laughs> Life is crazy. <laughs> you go out in the world, you're going to experience some, some crazy shit. You're not going to put our mother on me. So how was the food there?
0: <laughs> so is this you saying everything? But yeah, crazy stuff happens to me when I travel. Well, I'm going to say like this crazy stuff doesn't happen to me when I travel. So clearly the common denominator is that it happens to you. And when I travel with you, then we're I got to be worried for my life. No, Mom, we were in the to the house by
1: like We're up at five. <laughs> we're exhausted by six. We're in bed by nine. It's not even like that.
0: And that's the crazy thing. That's all of my vacations. If it's past eight and I'm still outside, (laughs) that is like, that's a feat of human just triumph at that moment, because that's not who I am. You don't want red wine? It won't keep you up? (laughs) No, like even in Temecula, I was like, Sarah, I hope you're a morning person because we are not about to be beating these streets (laughs) at night. If it gets to like 8 p.m., and you, we're not heading back to the hotel, I will get an Uber and go <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'm not out here. Right? Okay, so food in uh in Carmel. It was delicious. I really enjoyed it. I was actually trying to think of, like, Carmel versus Temecula food-wise. I think Carmel had the more exciting foods. Temecula had, like, your standard kind of comfort foods, mm-hmm. but it was well done. So the first night I went to uh, La Biciclete, And they had like they're all outdoor dining, but their setup was so good. They had heaters pretty much between every table. So it felt like you were getting heat on both sides of you. It was so comforting (laughs) and nice. (laughs) I was warm. I think most people look at the ambiance of a restaurant as far as how it looks, but something like temperature. That You can be miserable eating. I had a good experience there, although they don't take reservations. So you have to show up, put your name on a list and come back, which is weird because it's kind of an upscale restaurant, but they have like the mentality of an <laughs> IHOP. It doesn't make sense to me. But here's the amazing thing about Carmel that I actually kind of liked a little bit more than Temecula. They have wine tasting rooms. So Temecula has a bunch of wineries and you can go to each winery to do a tasting of their wines. But Carmel actually has them in the town. So it's set up kind of like a little restaurant. You can go in and do like a flight of five wines Mm -hmm. to see what you like. But they have them and like you can go on a corner and they have a different tasting room on every corner. So I thought, oh, well, I'm going to stop and just do a quick tasting. So I sat down by like my fourth glass then they they called told me my table was ready and I thought well this is the most pleasant dining experience I've ever had I got to like go do a wine tasting come back sit down at my table and because you're in a wine place they recommend great wines to go with all of your food thought yep this is what I needed
1: for the flight of wines how much was
0: it it was like $20 for five four wines
1: oh okay that's not bad so $20 for four okay no, so yeah. five a glass
0: Having someone actually stand there and walk you through the tasting notes made a big difference because if I'm drinking wine, it's one of those like, I know what I like. Not as far as tasting notes. I know I like something and I know I don't <laughs> like something, but I couldn't tell you why.
1: So do they not have vineyards that are close to the um, in Carmel?
0: Do they not have? They do. They have one or two, but not nearly as many. So you could do a vineyard, but you'd probably be driving like an hour mm. to get to it. Whereas Temecula, the vineyards are stacked. It's they're right next to each other. So you can go from one vineyard to the other in five minutes. However, in Carmel, you can get from one tasting room to the other in like 30 seconds. So that's a win to me. <laughs>
1: I mean, so do you think the vineyard experience, it's an experience, right? It's a robust experience or is it very similar to a a wine room where you're tasting?
0: Oh, good question. It depends. Like every vineyard has its own feeling. Some of them are really beautiful. Some of them were just kind of okay. We went to one, I think it was called Mm -hmm. Vindemia and all of the tasting rooms are outside right now so you're not really getting the full experience of you go up to like you go up to the bar and they kind of sit there they talk you through it you taste it and then they pour Mm -hmm. you another glass instead you walk up they might talk you through it you taste or you take your glass back to a table you sit and drink then when you can take off your mask and you get to enjoy it. So to me, the tasting rooms were a little bit better because they kind of came to your table to do Mm -hmm. table service versus having to keep walking back up. I don't mind wearing a mask, but having to put on my mask and take it off multiple times that I kind of found that to be a frustrating experience that made me enjoy it a little bit less. Plus, what I noticed is that when you have to keep walking back up to the bar, they stop explaining it by the third time. (laughs) Because they're like, Like, oh, she's buzzed. I think
1: Susan needs to know. It's a wine. Came out of a bottle. Enjoy.
0: (laughs) But when we went to Vindamia, it was outdoors and it's such a pretty landscape. But to get to the bar to actually get new wines was at the top of like a flight of stairs. So every time you think, okay, put on my mask, walk up these stairs, and I saw two people nearly <laughs> fall down the stairs because they didn't have shoes with good grips. Oh I thought, well, what kind of stairs is, are these? You mix that with a lawsuit waiting
1: to happen. What is it made out of marble? <laughs> what, what?
0: Carmel. <laughs> what did you
1: do? But did you do tours or anything?
0: I drove down Big Sur, so like Highway California Highway One, to see the ocean, and that was cool. I feel like that's something that's better to be done with someone because I was on that trip solo and it was basically like doing a solo road trip, but stopping to sightsee. And while I'm not necessarily a person that makes a bunch of friends when I travel, there is a social aspect to it that was kind of missing when you're trapped in a car by yourself. Like, yeah, I was having a lot of fun just like listening to music and singing while looking at the ocean, but I don't know. Like, do you think you would have fun on a trip just driving down the highway by yourself? Um,
1: I guess it depends on the state of mind, right? If I had been just inundated with a bunch of stuff and I was overwhelmed and I just needed some away time, then I could see how that would be a good unwinding solo trip. Or if I'm in reflection Mm -hmm. or something like that. But it can also be a fun group trip because you stop, you take pictures, you play games so I think it just depends on where you are mentally and kind of the vibe that you're looking for. What about van life? Is that a good location to go if you're say you're driving and you're staying in your van? Is that van life friendly?
0: For Big Sur, 100%. Actually, that was the coolest thing about driving back up is that I saw a bunch of vans and I almost wanted to be like creeper status and just kind of follow them until they parked and be like, "Hey, can I just do a tour of your van?" But I thought that'd be weird. That's it's not normal. actually
1: they. Some of the articles I've read, people are like, people just come up to them and they're like, "Oh my god, I love that your this is your life," or "I love that this is what you're doing." And you can ask some of them to tour their van. Some people say no, but the majority of them are like, "Yeah, come check it out." You can sit there and talk to them.
0: Oh, you know what? I didn't see anyone who was parked or otherwise. I would have because. As I was looking at it, they had different campgrounds where people had stopped. I thought, well, that's cool. If you have a full community of either van life people or people that really like camping, then it doesn't feel like it's dangerous or you're out there on your own. You're with other people that are experiencing a similar lifestyle. So I would definitely say like the Big Sur Drive is great for van life. Carmel, not so much because those roads are Mm -hmm. tiny. There's street parking on either side of the street, and then they still believe that, like, two cars (laughs) can get around each other, and I thought, sure, if you're in, like, my car, because I drive a tiny car, but if I'm in an SUV, that actually made me think, that experience almost made me rethink my want-to-do van life, because I kept on thinking... There's no way I'd ever be able to drive a van in one of these cities and feel comfortable, especially since I can barely parallel park a sedan. There's no way I'm parallel parking a full on van. That's
1: true. I mean, it's a skill set. I heard they were getting rid of the parallel parking and the driving test now.
0: Which is weird, though, because you really should know how to do it. (laughs) Only because I've been one of those embarrassing people that you're like six turns later, you're still in and out, in and out.
1: (laughs) I'm almost there. Okay. So Temecula, your itinerary was very loose. It doesn't seem like you had a lot of structure to it.
0: Well, honestly, in either trip, it was pretty loose. So Temecula, I feel like we did a little bit more. On Friday night, we went to go see Old Town Temecula, which was also very small, kind of like Carmel. It's just a petite area of stores and restaurants. The next day we did a hot air balloon in the morning. Then we did a hike in the afternoon where Sarah <laughs> tried to kill me, and then no. If you see a sign that says there's snakes," do you keep on or do you think it's I shouldn't just, be here? It's just a, a caution. Doesn't necessarily
1: mean they are there. So after you did. So you did the hike in the afternoon or in the morning? Huh.
0: Well, we did hot air ballooning. You have to get there by five thirty. So. I feel like the hike was technically still in the morning. We got in like two different hikes before oh, okay. noon. <laughs> no. I'm just gonna go back to the snake story because I feel like you're trying to downplay it in the same way Sarah did. She looked at the sign where it said, Oh, this area is known for yeah. rattlesnakes. She said, Oh, that's it. Every in place. They always just put up those signs as a just in case. I thought, Yeah, yeah, totally. Except I don't remember seeing those at Red Rock. She's like, No, it's they're a cautionary totally at Red Rock. measure. Okay, fine. Fine. They're at Red Rock exactly a cautionary measure that we didn't take heed of and i feel like that was darwin saying that maybe we should die today <laughs> anyway we start on this hike and it's a 12.6 mile hike and i thought it was for beginners turns out it was moderate but it was all uphill and i wasn't ready for it <laughs> that's right you <And> really read <laughs> sarah reminds me of diabe when she gets into it she really leans in oh it's uphill that means we have to like lean in and go harder <laughs> And in my mind, I thought, this is a nature walk. If I'm breaking a sweat, I'm doing too much. Nature walking is what I'm doing. You're over here hiking like you need walking sticks. And also in my mind, I just keep on thinking about that sign. Like, what do you do if you see a rattlesnake? And then I started thinking, what do you do if you see a rattlesnake? Are you supposed to like stop and freeze so that they don't think you're a threat? Are you supposed to run? Can you outrun a rattlesnake? This is all going through my mind as I'm starting to sweat, which means that we're out of the definition of a nature world. And we're in the hike. <laughs> right? I thought, I don't even feel like pulling out my camera to, like, capture this moment. This moment doesn't need to be captured because I'm not enjoying it. I mean. It. Well, then as we're walking, I see something just come across the dirt, and it is a snake that is slithering super fast across our path. Now, Sarah's in front of me because the trail is only big enough for one person at a time. So I'm happy it was her, not me, because I said we shouldn't <laughs> be on this trail. Once I saw that sign, she's like, no, we should do it. Now, mind you, it looked like it was maybe a baby snake, possibly a teenager. It it had a thin body, but it was long. It was at least as long as like my arm. That's not long. And it slithered. I bet she's having move. They're probably, they're, they're scared How of you. you? They hear the noise. They're like, I just got to
1: get across the street, you oh. know.
0: And what does a wild animal it do goes when it's It to scary? the bush. It attacks.
1: It doesn't necessarily attack. It attacks when you run after it. Were you running after it?
0: Obviously not. First thing I did is I yelled, <laughs> nope. And I turned around and started <laughs> back down. Sarah was still probably suspended in midair because she had jumped
1: Were you... <laughs> Were and you running at a leisurely nature walk pace?
0: <laughs> well, no, at this point we're in survival mode. Nature walks have gone out the window. So I shout back, Sarah, if you feel like you need to continue this, I'll meet you at the car. <laughs> <laughs> and to her credit, she turns around like, no, I don't think I want to continue. But then I think it finally hits her what I said. She's like, you're yeah, so
1: she's, she's, like, running. Yeah, she's <laughs> that's running.
0: Yeah. So now I'm making my way down and I don't want to run because I want to make sure that if another snake pops up, especially since they're dirt colored, that I don't step on its home. So I'm just doing everything I can to keep my eyes on the ground until we get to like this little quarry where it's kind of very sandy. It looks like there used to be rocks. And I think this is a perfect place for snakes to hide and wait. I know that they're here and they're waiting for me. We didn't see any more snakes. However, we did see a lot of the same people that were camping at base as we had to walk past walk back like, by was, them. That was fast. That not was like,
1: minutes. They didn't last long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we did not. I don't even think we made it a full mile, but that was okay with me. So after that, we're like, let's. we're still going to find a hike. And when I say we said we're still going to find a hike. Sarah said we should still go hiking because we're already it. dressed for it. And my mind, I'm like, my adrenaline has spiked so hardcore that I'm over hiking. Can I just get some wine? <laughs> the so, Yeah, but she's driving, so I figure I'll look up our hiking spot. So I'm looking up the most <laughs> mundane thing. We wound up in something that was basically a park on a trail. She was like, "This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> not a national park, a like <laughs> a dog not park. What I
1: signed up for it all." <laughs>
0: I was like when I strolled up and I saw people out there with like little Yorkies Thought, yep this is for me this is where I needed to be
1: (laughs) sorry Sarah (laughs) not today
0: so after our hike I mean really I should say multiple hikes because we were still going uphill before the snake tried to come for our lives you were at
1: the beginning of the Um, path well how far up then then we've been
0: you know what Misty I won't even say anything to you because I know you're on your walking thing. So maybe you're like, Yeah, eight, nine miles, that's nothing. Ain't nothing but a thing. Except Quait is super <laughs> it is flat. Very flat. <laughs> you know what? You and Sarah can go on your nature walks next time and really enjoy that time together.
1: <laughs> Apparently you were on a nature walk and she was on a hike and they just the, the message just missed each other. You...
0: Exactly. Okay, so you did you did a couple after that <laughs> a couple hikes. Then we got chained and went back out to the winery or we got a two-for-one wine tasting because we did the hot air balloon with uh, mm-hmm. California Dreamin'. And I've actually never what? had such a negative experience drinking because I just kept on thinking, I don't feel like walking back up there anymore to keep on refilling these glasses. I just want food and smelling the pulled pork. I'm about two seconds away from going and getting that. But finally, we asked, hey, do you have anything vegetarian? Just to see. We've got coleslaw and (laughs) The sides. (laughs) The one thing about a hot air balloon is that, you know, you want to take good pictures for it. But you're thinking, if we have to be there at 530, how early do I have to wake up to do makeup? Right.
1: Did they pick you up from the
0: airport? The the answer to that is, no, we drove to the winery where they pick you up from there. And then you all get into the van with your basket and then you drive to the location where you're actually going to take off. Okay. So how was the views? How was the, how was the hot air balloon tour? I enjoyed it, but here's what I'll say. We get there, we check in, we get into our van, break into groups. And as we get into our van, one of the, um, the workers comes up and says, he's going to be helping us today. However, our pilot is the owner of the company thought, right. oh, that's awesome, because they have a real stake in making mm-hmm. this a positive experience. He said he's been piloting hot air balloons for 40 years. But great, he knows exactly what he's doing. We're going to be in really safe hands. So the owner opens the uh, driver's side door to get into the van. The first thing he says to us is, <laughs> good morning. Just wanted you guys to know, I've had a really bad yeah. morning. <laughs> But I feel like my day is starting to get better. I'm happy. Mind you, it's 6 a.m. I'm happy about that, bro. <laughs> who starts <laughs> Raffi, Who starts their day at 6 a.m. by already saying you're having a real bad day? I mean, who shares day? that
1: if they're the, the tour operator, the hot air balloon operator?
0: Exactly. So then I'm thinking, oh, I hope we have a co-pilot just in case he decides that his bad day isn't worth continuing on with once we get <laughs> into the air. And the answer to that is, no, you only have one pilot. And then he carried on because I thought he's going to stop now just saying, well, my day is better. But then he said, well, my day is better because I was talking to someone who seems like a really smart person. And I just lost (laughs) $90,000 last night. And hopefully he can help me get some (laughs) of it back. He said, 90 what? $90,000? You just lost last night. And I think it got eerily silent in the van because we're all thinking, what does this mean? (laughs) Exactly. What does this mean for us? And then finally, someone said, "Well, what happened?" I thought if he shared this much, he must really want to share. No, he didn't. He just said it's because I'm. Oh, idiot. that
1: makes me feel even better.
0: Said, oh, this idiot pilot.
1: <laughs> so you want what? me to get in this basket in this balloon and go how many feet above the ground when you're having one of the worst days of your life?
0: <laughs> exactly. So we start driving, and then. Finally, I think someone's like, no, we really got to get to the bottom of this. It was the mother. She had had a child with her. So she was really like, you got to tell me what's going on before I let my child get in this basket. And it turns out that he is not only the owner of the hot air balloon company, but he's an owner of a winery. And somehow a wine was messed up. And he said the entire batch of wine was ruined. And he said, that's, valued at like $90,000. And so someone said, "Well, can it be recovered?" "Nope, it can't be recovered." And I really wanted to know what you can do to a wine that it can't recover, but it didn't sound like he wanted to explain. <laughs> However, then he added, "It's because I was paying attention to a woman and not the wine." <laughs> Everyone's like, "Okay, well, we just we need a little bit more information. Please stop with these snippets and tell us an actual story because it sounds like you've yeah, got a story share. to tell." The share guy. <laughs> <laughs> so then he followed up with saying, I think I'm going to go ahead and release the wine and name it after her.
1: What are you going through, bro? <laughs> <I'm>
0: like st- <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, just stop. <laughs> stop at this point because I still will go up. But Sarah, I can feel her nerves. She's sitting behind me and I can just feel her no. thinking, no, no, we don't have to do this. <laughs> so... <laughs> he he kind of stops talking about that and just starts talking to the guy at the front who works there a little bit more quietly but I'm sitting close enough to the front that he's talking about the smart guy that he had met on the tour he said, well, he sounds like a really bright guy he sounds like someone who did good in school I know I didn't (laughs) I was
1: like, what? like Jesus, take the (laughs) wheel
0: Exactly in my mind I'm like please say less because at this point I'm really thinking that I shouldn't go up in this hot air balloon with you but we've already paid our money and I think if we back out you might not give us a refund because you're already right having a that bad you day. shared with us <laughs> and we are women oh my Isn't word how... so he's going through all he's this like, <laughs> we get into the like you gonna take you all so out, out. <laughs> that's what it was feeling like I think Sarah was She's like, hey, do you think he needs insurance money? And this is why he's going up today. I thought, maybe you're right. Maybe he doesn't go up every day. When was the last
1: time you flew, through? We don't know. I just want to know. Like, when was the last time you were in one of these little baskets? <laughs>
0: right? But we, we did end up going up. And it was amazing. The only thing is that it didn't have, like, a door. So you have to hop in. You have to, like, climb up these little footholds. And it's not, like, a low thing. The basket comes up to about my chest. And granted, I'm 5'2", so a little bit shorter, but it was a journey to hop into the basket. There's eight of us on there, and you all have to wear masks the entire time because you're in such close proximity, which I thought, well, darn it. I really wanted to get some good photos, and I've got a mask, I've got a head wrap, and then eventually I'm going to put on my sunglasses. I'm going to look like I'm in the witness protection program. But once you start lifting off, it doesn't feel disconcerting. Like once your balloon is fully inflated, they basically bring like six men around the uh, basket and they're just holding you down. I thought, that's crazy. We're being held down by sure force of will. <laughs> if they just like let us go a little prematurely, we're just going now. However, you kind of float up very gently. It wasn't a breezy day for us and it was super clear. So it felt OK, but a little bit on the rise. If you're like looking out at the distance, it's fine. But if you actually look down and just see yourself kind of coming up, you start to get afraid. But here's where more fun started. And when I say fun, I mean shenanigans from this (laughs) GD pilot. He said, I'm trying to get a count on balloons and I'm missing one. Can you guys look over the side to see if there's a balloon above us? I was like, excuse me, sir. Have you been drinking? Are you high? finally it got to me and I started laughing but I think I was laughing too hard because he's like we're shaking we're shaking the basket I thought okay stop laughing there will be no joy on this trip uh, who did you book
1: this through Viator or what Yelp
0: ah that's a good question Sarah did book it so I'm gonna put this one on her I, I won't because honestly no one would have known that we would have had this experience oh, no one could re- have Who's, who left the review and, Sarah, did Sarah leave the review? Oh, I got to reach out to her and make sure she does because someone needs the story told. <laughs> Somebody's we survived. But it is an hour long flight. And I kind of thought that an hour might've been too long, but it ended up being just like a really serene time. Once you're up there, once the pilot stopped talking and he was like concentrating. Because I feel like the worst thing about it was just his outtake on life. And we didn't need that type of negativity. <laughs> But we got to, like, I think 1,500 to 2,000 feet. So those can go up to about 6,000 feet, and I didn't need that in my life. Like, 2,000 was perfect, and you go really slow. I think when we asked, like, how fast are we moving, it was, like, six Mm. miles an hour. So it's not very quick where you feel like you're worried. Although I did get to learn that they have hot air balloon races, and it's not about speed. It's about accuracy with landing, which our pilot told us he got third place. And I don't know if that's good or not. I mean, he placed, but he didn't get first. I mean, imagine so if you were in the take that you, you were in the basket that got
1: fifteenth. How would you feel then?
0: <laughs> I'm pretty bad if that was our pilot. I definitely you're like, wouldn't don't have gone tell that story there. <laughs> to anybody else, sir. <laughs> exactly. No, but it was super cool. It's just such a serene experience once you're up there. And that might just be me being an air sign, just kind of like just taking it all in, just being like in the sky. Although it's a bit more disconcerting than an airplane because it really feels like it's just physics and magic that's holding you up there. I mean. Although it's not as cold as you'd think it would be because you're standing right under an open flame.
1: So that's- Well, I guess it's like when I when I need to ground myself because I'm an earth sign, it's about putting my feet in the earth and, and sitting there and taking it in. So I could assume, I could see how an air sign would be happier in the sky. You were saying that when you went to Switzerland too though, we were like, it was really nice.
0: Yes, because in Switzerland, I was on the top of this uh, mountain, Mount Pilatus or something, but it's it's just gorgeous up there. And we had like this moment where the cloud cover came in so intensely because the mountain was, I want to say 7,000 or 8,000 feet. And once the uh, cloud cover comes in, it just feels like you're being hugged by the clouds. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was cold, but you just felt like you were literally in your element. It was me and the chair. It was nice, right? I have to, like kind of wanted to buy, like, look into the pricing of hot air balloons to see what that would be like, expense-wise, to take it up as a hobby. Well, that's a hobby. Although that's such that's a random such... hobby. Like, what do you do what on the, the weekends? Air balloons? What? <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I, I like to pilot the hot air
0: balloons. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that'd be the most random way to say you're a pilot like oh really (laughs) what what do you fly oh just a balloon it's a kite no a balloon (laughs) like don't offend me you think I'm flying (laughs) something other than a balloon (laughs) what (laughs) nautically challenged so
1: okay so you did after the hot air you did the wine tasting you guys
0: what else did you do in Temecula the next day we did like a full wine tasting tour. So we actually like had a tour bus pick us up and take us around, which is super funny because it was a Sunday morning and the van picks you up in the parking lot mm-hmm. for a church. So a bunch of people kept on walking by, like, Good morning, good morning. Like, ah, blessed be the day type thing. And you're like, I that is not where I'm going today. I'm just waiting for this van to roll up so I can guzzle <laughs> some wine. That's what my day is gonna bring me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good tour so we went to three different wineries and at each place you get four to five glasses and now the only thing is that the tour didn't have a meal at the last winery that we went to we got like a cheese plate that had fruit mm-hmm. and stuff they had and this is the weirdest thing i've ever seen i've never been to a place that literally took what looks like a full chocolate bar smashed it up into crumbs and put it in a bowl and then served <laughs> it to you i thought well what am i supposed to eat this with am i supposed to like spoon out a little bit of chocolate crumbles to go with like a strawberry where you it supposed to melt this? I don't understand it. it.
1: So of the, okay, so of <laughs> the weekend, what was well, your favorite yeah. wine? Like, you're a red wine drinker, so what, what would you recommend?
0: So I believe it's called Asha uh, Winery. They have, like, this one, it's called, I believe it's number 83, is actually the name of the wine, but it's, like, a Petit Syrah and Zinfandel blend. It is super good. I very much recommend that. Petite Syrah? Okay. And mm-hmm. Zinfandel. Yeah, it's like a dark red. And then Zinfandel is also like a deep red. So it just has so much flavor to it. It's like sticks in your mouth. You just feel it. What's
1: the other so it's a woody taste or is it a
0: I wouldn't consider it a woody taste. It has like notes of caramel and I don't know. It's not super fruity though, so I guess it is a bit on the dry side, but not so dry that like the moment you drink it, you feel like your tongue is in the Mojave <laughs> Desert type of thing. Just a little bit of dryness. I mean, why are you making me describe wine? You know, I don't know wine like that. That's why I go to these so that they can tell me. <laughs> tell me like.
1: what I'm tasting. Ah, oh, there's lemon in this. Okay, add that to it. I like lemon. And then the difference would be: then caramel, you went by yourself, and Temecula, you went with somebody. So with the wine tastings. You felt like it's better to have somebody that you're there with.
0: I think so for something like that, because otherwise you really are just kind of sitting there and thinking, which can be nice. But to that extent, because you're also like, say, driving down Big Sur, how much time do you really need to have with yourself? Because <laughs> then you get back to your hotel and you're with still <laughs> thinking, how much do you really want to think? Well, exactly. hey, hey, I'm with you again. <laughs> I feel like there's, you've reached a point of like diminishing returns when you're by yourself just thinking because you get to a point where you might get some clarity, things turn out positive, but then they can also go back negative because you're still there just thinking <laughs> versus if you're with someone else, it feels like you have an opportunity to just kind of share the experiences that you're going through. To me, that that does mean a lot. However, we've talked about traveling solo and traveling with people. And I really had to consider it after this weekend. And I realized what I love about traveling solo is that on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, it's always going to be to me between a six Mm -hmm. and an eight. So it's always on the better end. Whereas traveling with someone, I feel like the highs are higher. So it's going to be between like an eight to a 10, but the lows are way lower. It's going to be between a one and a four if it goes badly there's merit in both of them wine country kind of seems to me like something you do with someone else whereas if I was traveling by myself like busy trips where I'm like one thing after the other I've got stuff to do then it's worthwhile to me oh fun thing about Temecula it is the only city in California that still has its original name from the Native American Ooh, fun fact I like that where did you stay what was the hotel you stayed in Temecula Temecula, we stayed in the Temecula Creek Inn. Now, what I will say is that you look at the website, they make it look beautiful. (laughs) You roll up and the building is shit colored. And I thought they should probably repaint it. But if you take out the color of the building, it's on a beautiful 18-hole golf course. It's a lovely ambiance. They just need a new paint. Like maybe a blue, possibly a white. Do you like some pretty blue shutters or something? Just a little lucky. <laughs> if you guys
1: would like me to come in design, I'm, I'm here for you.
0: <laughs> and then in Carmel, I stayed at the Trade Winds Carmel, and it was also gorgeous. At Temecula Creek Inn, one cool thing that they had is that every single room had a patio that looks out onto the golf course, so you can't have a bad view. At Trade Winds, most of the rooms were pointed inward, so they looked at this beautiful courtyard. They had a few that had a bit of an ocean view, but a bit of an ocean view. And I think they had a couple of rooms that might have pointed at another building. So that one was a little bit more of a crapshoot. You don't know what your view is going to be like unless you pay extra for the Mm. ocean view.
1: So then what's your next, is it your next trip is going to be domestic? So domestic travel?
0: I think my next trip, I might just wait until my birthday in June. And then I'm intending to go to Iceland. So we'll wrap this up.
1: On our next episode, guys, we will be talking about vaccinations, travel vaccination passports, and international travel since Lexi's next trip is to Iceland.
0: That's all for this week, but the trip doesn't have to end. Link up with us on Instagram at FlirtingWithTravel or check out FlirtingWithTravel.com for itineraries and more travel hacks. Taking off. Love you.